traitors, I thought. There were reports of uprisings all throughout the Empire. It started three months ago when we lost contact with a garrison stationed in Britannia. Shortly after a relief force was deployed, raids were reported throughout northern Gaul. Roman outposts and villagers were attacked, with the few survivors fleeing south. Accounts varied between barbarian tribes and Roman soldiers carrying out these attacks. They attacked en masse, butchering everyone in their path and with increasing numbers in each encounter. At first, they were only night raids, but appeared to grow bolder, with more and more occurring during the day. Reports soon came in of infighting in Germania, and three additional legions were dispatched. More units were being recalled from the eastern territories, Syria, Cappadocia, Egypt, in an effort to reinforce Rome itself. Had the Roman troops in Gaul been overrun, their weapons and armor taken by the barbarians? Or had the legions started a rebellion, joining with the tribes to attack Roman outposts? With the attacks occurring in Britannia, Gaul, and now Germania, rebellion was almost certain. Dozens of warring tribes couldn't pull off such a coordinated attack, but the provincial governors and enough money could. We were the second legion ordered north to further ensure nothing crossed into Italy and proper Roman territory. Our troops mustered and began the march three weeks ago, just days after the first set out. Our orders were to set up a defensive position along the southern bank of the Rubicon. The enemy force would need to advance in the open to cross the river. They would need to climb a slight ridge to reach our front line slowed further by any wet armor from the crossing. The river was narrow and knee-deep at best, and hardly defensible at worst. This served more as a symbolic position than a tactical one. If they crossed into Italy, there would be no doubt of their intentions to destroy the empire. Symbols aside, this would also serve as a forward position and marshalling area for the other legions marching north. It was also a fallback position for any Roman units retreating south. Many of our people already were fleeing as we passed the empty farmlands and abandoned homes of those headed toward the city. This only furthered our resolve to put down this rebellion. There was some safety inside Rome's walls, but not nearly enough men to withstand a siege. Aside from the emperor's praetorian, there were a few city cohorts to make up the defense. What's more, between abandoned farms and disrupted trade routes, a prolonged war would lead to famine in enough time. That was the last thing we needed now, starving citizens turning on each other. We set up camp some distance south of the river. There we stationed our supplies and riders to maintain communication with Rome. Our legion was not at full strength, just returning from campaign. We numbered just under 4,000 legionaries, along with a few hundred auxiliary archers and cavalry. Several artillery units were also assigned to us. Their ballista were to provide long-range support and deter any advance. Once we arrived, they began hastily constructing several catapults as well. I had only seen these used in sieges, Never against infantry, but the Emperor wanted to instill fear in any rebel forces we encountered. 
The first few days had been quiet as my men set to work on the watchtowers. These would give us more warning of an enemy's approach and could signal the camp behind us. The legionaries would form up in two lines of three ranks each along the river, with the archers in support. As one of the military tribunes, I was stationed on the right wing, with many of the attacks hidden in camp troops. We had orders to keep the men in formation whenever possible. The riverbank did not make for the most defensive position, but we could be more effective fighting in the field than inside the camp. Riders approaching! came a shout from a soldier in the closest tower. I looked up for my officer's report to scan the area. On the far bank, I could make out a horse slowly making its way towards us. As I made my way to the front, I gave orders for the first line to get into formation. With the other legion only a few days' march ahead, we would not send any of our own scouts across the river. Our legatus was confident their commander would send word should they encounter resistance this far south. Still, I wanted to be prepared. The horse had just stepped onto the southern bank when I reached the small cluster of legionaries. Man and beast both looked exhausted, though definitely Roman. Once one of the soldiers grabbed the reins, the rider slumped to the side and crashed to the ground. From his uniform, he was a junior officer. He and the horse did not appear to be wounded, However, both looked as if they had not eaten in several days. Several men rushed to his stride as I approached, trying to keep him awake and find out if he was sent as a courier. One of the men stood up, saying the rider had lost consciousness. From lack of food or sleep, I don't know. As I turned to call for the medicus, I saw that our legion's commander had arrived. Veronius dismounted and made his way to the center of the small crowd. Did he say anything? Arlegatus asked as he knelt down next to the rider. One of the soldiers started to stammer something, prompting looks of impatience from half of us and concern from the rest. Before he passed out, the soldier next to him quickly but shakily interjected. All he said was, They're dead. They're coming. The air was quiet for a few seconds as we all processed that. An entire legion destroyed, barely a week's march from here. The group stood in silence, eyes on our commander. Veronius had heard the soldier's report, but seemed focused on the rider on the ground next to him. He suddenly stood, instructing some of the men to take our new arrival to the medicus. As they started to move him, Veronius got back on his horse and turned to me. Lucius... Tell the other officers what happened, and have the men take their positions. I'll get a message back to Rome and find out what I can when he wakes up. I saluted as he looked across the river at the clearing, and the road leading north. I'm not sure how much time we'll have, he added quietly before joining the others heading back toward camp. Two of my centurions had followed me to the front. I ordered one to get the rest of our men in line and watch our flank. I had the others send riders to alert the tribunes commanding our center and left wing. Horns sounded behind me as the rest of the legion abandoned their morning tasks and quickly moved into battle formation. We needed them assembled as soon as possible, with officers and eagle standards nearby to maintain order. Before long, 
word of the courier's message would be spread. We had enough rumors circulating already, started by the men themselves or the few people we encountered fleeing south. Anything from human sacrifices performed after each Roman defeat to a British warrior queen leading a tribe of barbarians impervious to the sword. Superstitious among us had more immediate things to worry about now, with the Fifth Legion destroyed almost to a man. I took one more glance at the riverbank, the water slightly red from the mud that gave the river its name. Not putting much trust in omens, I turned back to rejoin the men and prepare for the coming storm. Veronius was right. Less than two hours later, men in the watchtowers signaled as the first figures could be made out across the river. They could not have outnumbered more than twenty, emerging from the tree line at the edge of the clearing. They were on foot and moving slowly, unsteady, as they approached. Survivors, I heard one of the legionaries say. I brought my horse past the line of archers for a better look. They couldn't be enemy scouts, without horses and moving in the open in full view of an assembled army. Still, if they were seeking safety, there were no attempts to call out or ask us for hope. I motioned to our cavalry, their horses assembled on our wing. Ride back, I said, turning to the officer who came up. Find Veronius or the camp perfect. Tell them we have stragglers approaching badly wounded. He saluted and took off at a gallop toward the line of Ballista. The message was short, but we all knew what this meant. The courier who had collapsed earlier, and now a handful of survivors. The enemy force would not be far behind. The sound of shouting orders drew my attention, and I could see several units from our left wing moving toward the center. Three full centuries quickly moving to take position in front of our lines. Sextus. That damned fool. What was he doing? He was a tribune, assigned to our legion shortly before our expedition north. The red sash on his uniform made him stand out among the other officers, but it was family connections more than experience that gave him rank. His men began crossing the river one unit at a time, he intend to escort the survivors back himself, hoping one was also of noble birth to win the Emperor's favor from us. They were soon on the far bank and getting back into line, with the stragglers still slowly crossing the clearing toward them. Sextus formed his men up several places from the riverbank and strode ahead to address the approaching group. Nearly 300 legionaries were now in the open, with their backs to the river shallow as it was. I started to scan the tree line again. If mounted or missile units were brought up, those soldiers would be cut off. We risked killing our own men if we tried to support them. Halt! In the name of the Emperor! I could hear Sextus shouting. But still, no response nor reaction as the small band wearily continued toward the river. The barbarians removed their tongues and their ears. One figure suddenly stumbled and fell, quickly followed by another. The others paid them no mind and continued their advance. Closer now, a few appeared to be children from their height. 
The first nearly stood up, but its arms buckled under its weight, and it hit the ground a second time. Then I noticed something shining, protruding from its back, almost as if... I wheeled the horse around and quickly rode to the line of archers. Who gave the order to attack? I yelled angrily. The officer stepped mid-salute, looking as equally confused as his men. The officer regained himself and shook his head, stating that there were still awaiting orders. I looked at him and his men, but they told the truth. I looked past them at the sound of approaching horses. Veronius and several officers galloped towards us. Behind them were the infantry reserves, forming a third line in the center. They were armed with spears, blocking the path into the camp. Yourselves in the name of the Emperor? Sextus could be heard again from the far bank. His voice drew some of the archers' attention back to the front. Their confusion quickly changed into fear. As I turned around, I could see why. Hundreds of figures were emerging from the tree line across the river, with more appearing along the main road. They were not in formation yet, slowly advancing like the others, only in far larger numbers. But they made no sound. There were no attempts to get our attention, no war cries to taunt us, drums to rally their men, or horns to signal this advance. Recall those men, Bronius roared at the nearby cavalry, three of them urging their mounts forward. He brought his own horse to a halt, looking at the scattered figures approaching. The ballista and catapults open up as soon as our men are across, he said, turning to the officer commanding the archers. Rain arrows on everything else once they're in range. Those things must not reach our lines. But sir, the survivors... I started. Our commander looked at me with intense fury, but not one directed at me. There were no survivors of the 5th Legion, he said for all men nearby to hear. Those are not Romans, or even men that come for us now. Strike them in the head, and don't let them touch you. With that, he rode off toward the center, as his officers turned their mounts to follow. I saw the young officer we pulled from the river earlier, his cloak and armor slightly different than ours. The advancing force left no time to make sense of what Veronia said, or question where the officer was, if not from the fifth. I brought my horse about and made for the front. Two of the messengers Veronia sent were just behind the first line of infantry, trying to maintain control of three horses. The third man must have run ahead to deliver the recall order on foot. The horses won't go, sir, one yelled as I approached, desperately trying to keep his own mount under control. Mine too, I noticed, was now uneasy when we were just in this spot minutes ago. The horseman was pulling towards us, and behind him I could see two of the sentries pulling back across the river, quickly but in good order. I ordered the horsemen to return to their positions and watch the flank. A cavalry charge would only end with them thrown from the saddle. Sextus, as stubborn as he was stupid, remained on the far bank with just 100 men. The first group of stragglers had finally reached the river 
and suddenly lunged at his infantry. None had weapons or armor, some left with only tatters of clothing. A few were missing limbs or parts of them. Despite their almost aimless march, what looked like starving villagers attacked with the ferocity of Gallic warriors. I tried to steady the horse as they slammed into the shield wall, driving several of the men back. The legionaries cut a few of them down with their swords, but they were nearly enveloped with twenty or so things spread out. One of them lunged at Sextus, stationed at the edge of the line. He held the thing back with his shield and cut off his arm at the elbow as it reached for him. Even at this distance, cries from a blow like that would be heard. Still, we could only hear the sounds of our own men. The creatures came at the tribune again. He slashed it across the stomach and drove his sword into its chest, finally bringing it to the ground. Sextus reached down to retrieve his sword just as another came from the side and bit into its calf. He shrieked in pain and limped forward, still trying to grasp his sword hilt. It was latched onto him, teeth gnashing again and again, tearing his flesh with its limbs wrapped firmly around his leg. A nearby legionary kicked it in the side of the head, releasing Sextus's leg with a gush of blood and another even darker substance. As the thing struggled to stand back up, the soldier swung his shield and sent it crashing headfirst into a rock a few feet away. Complete silence fell over our side of the river. The child could not have been more than five or six years old. Their centurion, taking over for the wounded Sextus, now brought his men into close formation for the retreat. The twenty or so things lay at the legionaries' feet. The others numbered in the hundreds now, converging on their position. Horns sounded from behind me, quickly followed by the deafening roar of ballista. Bolts soared past us and into the increasingly packed ranks across the river. The one closest went straight through a figure's thigh, severing the leg from its body. The bolts impaled three more before the first even hit the ground. Similar sights were seen all across the line as limbs were cleaved off and bodies skewered by the artillery. Again, we heard no shouts of alarm, no screams of pain, no calls to take cover. Fearing another volley, the centurion had the men form testudoed across the river. They would move much slower, but... With shields on all sides and above their heads, it would give us some protection from our projectiles. Another round of ballista bolts were sent across the river. More of these things fell, dismembered. One was even pierced in the chest right before the bolt struck a tree, pinning it in place. The crews aimed for the flanks as Sextus withdrew, but we were out of time. I turned to signal the archers to move up, just as the screaming began. A legionary fell clutching his ankle, quickly followed by another, while two others slashed at the ground next to them with their swords. The men had been moving slowly, with shields raised to defend against the advancing creatures, and our own missile fire. They were not watching for the things they had already cut down. One of the creatures started to stand back up, and then lunged at the standard bearer, as he started to run. Both fell into the water. 
a deep crimson pool spreading as the thing tore into him. The retreat became a rout. Some fought to save the wounded. Most simply ran into the river toward the relative safety of our lines. With the same fury we saw in Veronius earlier, I gave the order for the archers to send these things back to hell. Dozens of arrows arced over our heads and down into the enemy ranks. I counted only four that fell to the ground, no longer moving. The other arrows struck home. Many of these things were unarmored, and there was no mistaking the sound of an arrow piercing flesh. They had arrows in the neck, chest, and thigh, some even all three, and yet these things showed no sign of slowing. I could make out the creature Sextus fought earlier, missing part of its arm, black fluid leaking from its innards, now dragging on the ground behind him from the deep gash across its stomach. Two arrows were embedded in its neck. The sword hilt of the gladius could be seen jutting from its chest where the thing's heart should be. And yet, still, it advanced. Loose! A second volley of arrows soared overhead. This time, six fell. Their attention was fully on us now, if they still possessed such a thing. Many had concentrated in the center, but all along our line they started to cross the river. A few slipped on the new terrain of sand and wet stones. One lost its balance and hit its head on a large rock sticking out of the water, and now lay motionless. At this rate, the river would have fell as many as our entire complement of archers. I spun my horse around again, fighting with the reins, and got the attention of their officer. Aim for their heads, I repeated the order from Veronius, still trying to maintain control of my mount. Move your men up or to the flank if you have to, but you need to bring these things down, now. More ballista bolts soared past as the archers took new positions, the rate of fire slowing as these creatures closed the distance between us. One of the archers grabbed the reins as I dismounted, knowing my horse would sooner throw me and get any closer to the river. I secured my helm and ran to join the front. Fighting could already be heard to my left as creatures reached the center of the Roman line. I could only hope the men followed our new plan of battle. We saw how deadly these things were at close range. Our short swords left us exposed to a bite or counterattack, and we could only strike when it was already too late. We trained as legionaries to throw our heavy javelins to break up enemy ranks before charging their disoriented line. Veronius had given orders to hold our position in a shield wall, using our short swords only as a last resort. Not since the days of the Republic had we used spearmen in such numbers. Like those times, however, mass shields and pole arms were our last hope of survival. I joined the line at a small gap between units, quickly driving my javelin into the skull of the closest thing struggling up the riverbank. It fell back almost immediately, nearly taking me with it into the water. At least, it was once water. The hue from the red sand was replaced by dark crimson from our men, and a substance black as night from these creatures. 
I had only a moment to consider this as another creature advanced. This time, I instinctively drove my weapon into its heart. It continued forward as I tried to pull the javelin out, its white, lifeless eyes somehow locked on mine. The more I pulled only drew the thing closer. Before I could reach for my sword, another slashed in front of me, severing the thing's head from its neck. Finally, I retrieved my javelin, ready for the next creature to approach. The riverbank was steepest on our flank, and was the only thing that bought time to make mistakes like that between attacks. I couldn't afford to make another though, with or without the legionary on my left. The archers had come up right behind our third rank, loosing arrows into those starting to cross the far bank. At this range, they all hit their mark. Most fell forward, their unsteady stride interrupted, and lay motionless in the water. The river soon became a shallow grave as more arrows tore through eyeballs, empty sockets, and skulls alike. Our units worked in tandem. Legionaries used their javelins to stop anything ascending the southern bank. Archers sent arrows into the things beyond to buy infantry time to recover. The tide began to turn as we formed a wall of the dead along the river. They had no sense of obstacles. We were their one and only prize. The creatures tripped over each other in their bid to get to us, and the staggering marched slowly to a pitiful crawl. Archers brought down those who could stand. Legionaries simply waited for the others to drag themselves within range. They didn't possess any strategy either, making no attempt to outflank us on the right. But still, I ordered one of the second line units to reform, in case some tried to go around the growling wall of death. Fighting had intensified on our left, with both the shallow riverbank and Sextus's earlier maneuver. That section of the line faced the brunt of the assault. I gathered what centurions and legionaries I could, leaving enough reserves should the first line falter. Together, we quickly made for the center, where hell had just broken loose. The catapults, frantically built and not even tested, had finally joined the battle. Two of the stones crashed into the things across the river, crushing some underneath. The third crew had not yet found the range, and the stone tore through legionary officers and creatures alike before it came to a halt. Two frontline units, seeing their friends torn apart and fearing we had been outflanked, turned and ran. Officers in the second line tried to stop them, but even their troops joined the retreat. Seeing the breach, legionaries on both sides threw their javelins and drew swords. They charged to fill the gap only creating more openings in our ranks for these things to pass through. Our foe showed no reaction. To the routed center, desperate charge, or even the stone that crashed into them, they still came forward, only now there was no line to oppose them. One even crawled and ripped itself free from under the stone, now only possessing its head, upper torso, and arms. It ate at a nearby broken soldier, who I could only pray was already dead from the impact. Sending two soldiers to halt the catapult crews, I formed my men into line to plug the gap. I could see officers from the left flank leading their troops to do the same. We could not save many who were already charged forward, though 
the legionaries managed to cut many of the things down. They were overwhelmed and bitten in the confusion. With our fresh troops, we were able to reform a defensive line once more. Fortunately, no further stones or bolts came overhead to break it. By mid-afternoon, the last of the creatures fell with an arrow through their eyes, though I would hardly call it a great victory. Between Sextus's advance, the catapult's impact, and the resulting charge, we lost 800 men. Another 500 would succumb to their wounds before nightfall. The piles of men, women, and children we had cut down spanned the entire length of our line. We must have killed, or rather destroyed, some thousands. The river could no longer be seen. I ordered a third of our remaining men to stand guard, partly to watch for another assault, mostly out of fear these things would rise up again. Back in the command tent, we discussed options with the Camp Perfect, remaining tribunes, centurions, and the junior officer who warned us of the attack. Veronius was dead. He tried to stop the center's charge, throwing men back toward our line. There he was, set up upon three of these creatures. Our men were tired, their weapons broken, and we could barely muster two thousand fighting men. The others urged we withdraw. I immediately protested. What of the other legion? We still have men in Spain and the reinforcements sent to Germania. They must be warned that they use standard tactics against them. They did, the junior officers said quietly. I stared at him for a moment. Your troops were only just marching to Gaul. How do you know about the other leech? I stopped myself this time, noticing the legion insignia on his armor. Marcus Vitalis. Sixth Cohort, 17th Legion, he said with a tired look in his eyes. We were sent under Governor Varus to put down an uprising by the Germanic tribes. We were told they were massing for an assault in the forest, so we sent three full legions and allied troops against them. The path was narrow. We were strung out on the march and torn apart by those things. Marcus sighed. By the time we knew what happened to the vanguard, it was already too late. We formed ranks as best we could and defeated the first wave of the creatures. It was nightfall when the real horror began, though. The vanguard, most of the 17th. We thought at first they had fought their way through, but we trailed off as we all stared in disbelief. So when you said they were all dead, you meant Varus's legions? The Camp Perfect asked. Marcus shook his head. I was able to escape with a few horses, intent on warning others of what happened. That our dead need to be destroyed or burned by nightfall before becoming one of these... things. I came across your fifth legion several days ago, or what was left of it. They were hit on the march by the horde you just destroyed. I grabbed the fresh horse and followed the road here. I had told your commander what had happened, but it was already too late when I came to. 
Those things were already here. Burn the bodies before nightfall, and kill anyone bitten with a blade between the eyes. Marcus looked around at the circle of officers. The dead from the 5th Legion are on their way here. We need to leave. Now. With that, we began our retreat south. Our best hope was to intercept any reinforcements marching north and warn city garrisons to pull back towards Rome. Multiple legions suffered a fate far worse than ours, adding to this army of the dead. And they had just crossed the Rubicon. <laughs>